Welcome to today's show. You're listening to Mantra on CATR 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the city of Muscogee Territory in southwestern British Columbia, Canada. My name is Regan S. Case. Pleasure to be here with you today. On today's episode, we have special guest Pacha Papper is here, and he's going to be sharing some thoughts and music with us shortly. We're going to kick things off with a track by Nicola Cruz entitled Sendero, oh sorry, Sendero, and we'll be back in a short while just to uh, introduce Pastor Papa to you and uh, have a chat with him. Hope you're doing good. Listen to CHR. I'm a 
are back. Listen to Mantra on CTR 101.9 FM, broadcasting from Antigua Muscovy Territory. Vancouver, British Columbia. And uh, last couple of tracks we heard from uh, Tensive Circuito and um, uh, Sauce, remixed by Raphael Aragon. Are you hearing things in those headphones? Yeah, you are. Oh, but you don't have a microphone. Okay. And before that, we heard from uh, Nicola Cruz and Sendero. And I have here with me today in the studio, Pacha Papa. You want to say hi? Test your microphone. Hello. <laughs> Let's try that again. All right. There Hello. we go. There now we can hear Awesome. Hello, Raghunath. Hello, everybody listening in. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. This is amazing. Um, thank you for being here. And so I think what we're going to do is, uh, you feel like playing a few tracks? Yeah, I've got a few things in mind. I think it'll feel really homey and special for those listening in. Awesome. So yeah, we, we're going to get into a few tracks from Pachapapa, and then we're going to break in maybe 20 minutes time or so to have a bit of a chat with him. Jobless.
Thank you.
Hey, yeah. that was an abrupt end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're back. You listen to Mantra on CATL 1.9 FM. And I have with me Pachapapa, who uh, was just playing a few tracks, maybe four or five tracks. Do you want to maybe uh, tell people what you played? Absolutely. I started off with a song called Osoku by Suplington um, off an EP called Tokyo Reflections. Um, kind of a Japanese feeling to it um, with the flanger <laughs> in, into it. Um, I transitioned into a song called Your Room by Edamami. Mm. Um, went to a little more jazz with a track called I Get a Smile by Mogglebaum. Transitioned into a song called Wabi Sabi by True Type, and Wabi Sabi is fascinating. Um, do you know about this term, Wabi Sabi, Ragnar? No, I don't. Okay, it came to me recently. Um, I found a book, actually, a partner and I, called Wabi Sabi, and it's a Japanese principle of getting to love the habits of a loving partner of yours that you dislike. Mm. So if you know if your partner takes forever to get out of the the house with you like you find and it ticks you off you find a way to like love that thing about yourself and about her and and come to peace with yourself and it's an interesting practice in trying to put it into my world I think everybody can benefit from that mm-hmm. wabi sabi mm-hmm. even just saying it wabi sabi yeah. feels really good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> after that I played two other songs um, I played Blindfolds featuring Sasha Voinov by Tulpa and then ended it off with Delicate by Potions you can check it all out on SoundCloud mm-hmm. awesome well thanks for that mm-hmm. uh, that set and uh, he's, he's going to be playing a little bit more music today but we're going to stop and chat. chat for a little bit I love it um, pick my brain I'll pick <laughs> your brain I love it so first off I'm curious what does um what does the the name Pachapapa mean, <laughs> and what it, what are its origins? Like yeah, where is that coming from? Um, well, th- I guess there are two origins that came to me recently. There's there's the the origin from from South America of the word Pachamama, that um, the indigenous the natives refer to the earth as a living host, um, and some have the mythology of it being a grandmother spirit. Pacha being the earth and Mama being her. So I, I felt this connection to the earth and wished to embody that with my productions and as a conductor for sound and spaces. So Pacha Papa, kind of like Father Earth, kind of goes together pretty fluently. Mm-hmm. But for me, it also gets separate into just the word Pacha as earth and the word Papa in me giving off to the universe, hey, I wish to embody what it means to me to be a father. Mm-hmm. And what it means to be, for me to be a father is being non-judgmental and, and appreciative and encouraging of artistical pursuits and, mm-hmm. and being a, a um, provider of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I wish to embody this. So mm-hmm. I refer to this as myself. Mm-hmm. And on a funny note, I was speaking to um, some lovely people and they're like, Pacha Papa. It's like, um, Earth potato, because <laughs> in Spanish, Papa can also mean potato. So <laughs> sometimes I'm Father Earth, sometimes I'm 
<laughs> Earth potato. Which <laughs> 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 is fun. Yeah, um, but yeah, I prefer to just be called Pacha in my day-to-day life. It kind of reminds me of a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so what actually got you into uh, working with sound? What, what made you interested in wanting to make music and share music? Well, as a coming from an IT background, getting to understand that you can make music off of a computer was something that flabbergasted me mm. entirely as a young lad. Mm. And and I was always experimenting with sounds, um, but just seeing how people moved to the sounds and and really coming to Vancouver the past three years and getting to uncover what my sound is and what type of movements I wish to bring people to um, have led me to wish to create a very specific kind of tribal sound and, mm. um, and it really it was moments of high elevation as a young university boy when I realized the true magic of sound it is a, a vibration we're all vibrations so a sound can penetrate your mind and penetrate your body and um, actually remember having a great conversation with you um, where you were asking me or telling me this meditation and closing my eyes and seeing how and feeling how the music is affecting me mm. when I'm listening to new songs to new mixes like can I think of of uh, a sentence in my mind can I finish off uh, uh, you know a thought process is it distracting my mind how does my body feel do I feel like loose and happy do I feel um, uh, like stuck in certain parts so having that extra awareness of what the sound vibration is doing to you has been affecting the way I produce music and how I wish to bring it off to people so mm-hmm. I, r- I really see sound as a, as a magic and I, I wish to uh, like further explore that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so I was actually thinking earlier of uh, 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 when I was anticipating being here and talking with you today I was thinking about uh, a, f- a term like a phrase popped into my head mm-hmm. and it was music as language oh yeah and so I just w- yeah a fascinating thing there's so many forms of language right and um, visual language sound language smell language mm-hmm. like ways to communicate things unfathomable usually right mm-hmm. um, and just seeing how s- so many people who are disconnected can be moved together in unity through a sound mm-hmm. vibration mm-hmm. you've experienced this just as I like mm-hmm. beautiful yeah yeah mm-hmm. I experienced it last night at uh, Desert Dwellers and Kalia Sintiller. Oh, yeah. Joe Emog was also playing. Amazing. But yeah, there's some real nice moments there. Mm. There's, uh, there's uh, definitely a community affair. It's a great oh, show. Beautiful. Um, so you, you mentioned that you just came to Vancouver a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, so where did you grow up? Well, I am um, I'm Canadian boy. I was born in Toronto, raised in, in Calgary. I've been traveling around North America for a good amount of time. Spent um, a few years in Peru, which really enlightened my perspective on many things. Um, but I, I refer to myself as, as of the earth, but of home being Vancouver, the Pacific Northwest, and the land that we're here on. And um, I, I resonate with the Shipibo tribe in Peru and the Amazon. And we call it La Selva. Over there, and and I, I feel like just encompassing more of of the Amazonian vibe in my 
everyday Canadian life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's some places where the, 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 the these uh, teachings are still strong. And definitely, yes. like, Amazon would be one of those places. Very special place. <coughs> yeah. Very special place. But, um, like you say, wherever you are, that's home. Mm-hmm. And that magic is there also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely uncovering that it's it's within me where home is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Shall we... Um, Play a bit of music. Sure. We can do another set. We can we can talk a little bit uh, to to cap off. Amazing. The show. We got about twenty minutes left actually. Okay. Um, we can do something fun. Oh, I have one question. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. And um, I just wanted to uh, talk about um, the conscious community and what mm. that term means mm-hmm. to you feel like it, it's pretty broad right and the kind of a conscious community i feel like consciousness means more aware of things you're more conscious you're more aware of things community of like bringing people together the first communities were like farming right like we all farm together we're together we're farming um but n- nowadays we're kind of dispersed in our concrete jungles and separated from each other since we're born um, I feel this consistent re-coming together with people and there's a trend all over the world of like people coming together from various different ways and for me when I think of conscious community um, it's just people choosing to help each other mm. without any judgments and respect to the earth mm-hmm. and it's quite simple yet so profound because mm-hmm. <laughs> so many people may not live that fully yeah. but if you, you were in south america for a while then you probably experienced more of a sense of community and family there than what you might yeah. experience in some other places in the world to be honest i experienced it more here in vancouver oh really yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. i was quite young when i went to peru but i definitely saw a distinction between the family of of, of a more um grounded perspective with the earth mm. and those lost in illusion mm. based um but yeah, it, it's everywhere though. You know, if I spend more time there, I'll I will find it again. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just which, whatever headspace you're in, you will attract mm-hmm. what you're looking for. Right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. I actually I, I need to uh, play a couple of uh, mm-hmm. PSAs, and then um, we'll be right back after this, and when you can maybe introduce your next set. Beautiful. Explore music that spans Eric Sadie's Musique d'Emblement to Lawrence English's dense electronic drones and nomadic streams, Vancouver New Music's 2015 Festival of Ambient Music. Nomadic Streams runs from October 22nd to 24th. For more information, visit newmusic.org. Do you like friends? Well, we like you. So become a member and get a Friends of CITR card. Not only does it make you special, but it gets you all kinds of deals with our friends on Commercial Drive, like 10% off at Stormcrow Tavern, High Life Records, Audio Pile, Mintage Clothing, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more, or come check us out in the nest. You're listening to CITR 101.9. 
broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenim-speaking Musqueam people. So we're going to get into another set of music with Pacha Papper. And, uh, yeah. I feel like I will broadcast some of my own productions at the moment. Uh-huh, yeah. Some, uh, some ex- exclusive stuff. Um, I feel like sharing with our listeners a song that we're working together. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, like, about, um, you know, we can, why don't you, uh, we go another, we go about 10, 12 minutes. Cool. So it's kind of short. Okay. So totally if, if there's time for that, sure, yeah. <coughs> okay. Is that like a, a track that me and Dutch Pepper have been working on? Yeah. It's unfinished, but it's like sort of a little sneak preview, I guess. Exclusive. <laughs> um, it, there's a quite a story to that one, but that'll come later on. Okay, let's get into the music. Amazing. Mm-hmm. 
We're back. Beautiful. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so what were those last couple of tracks that you played? Well, the first one doesn't fully have a name, um, but w- you and I have semi-dubbed it Giraffe. Uh-huh. Um, Basically, yeah. like, cause it's a track we're working on that's like half of the track that, totally. is, that is on your your laptop. It and the other, tra- the other half's on mine, which we only heard your half. <laughs> It's excitement, like, just yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, it's going to be so much more fuller, but the idea is there. The idea is there, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, a, it's actually um, it's a beautiful idea. It's coming it's together. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be great to develop that with yeah. you. And what was the other one? The other one um, is an exclusive from my own, it's called Oasis, mm. um, and that'll be released soon. Um, yeah, I just had a lot of fun bringing in, making the tribe sweat, mm-hmm. that was the idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that track, it's awesome. Thanks. So we're pretty much getting close uh, to signing off. In fact, we are there. Amazing. <laughs> okay. Great. So just want to say thank you for being here. Um, and uh, is there any any last thoughts that you want to share? I want to say thank you to the farmers. With no farmers, no artists. You know, none of us talking about world music or new tribal music, West Coast music, like none of that if it wasn't for the farmers. So thank you, farmers. <laughs> um, and for the last for track, sure. the last track, I'll play, um, I'll play a goop stepper track called mm. "Go On, Glow On." Mm. He's a brother of mine making music in mm. in our hood, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it'll be an excellent goodbye. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Sounds perfect. Beautiful. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that pretty much brings us to the end of Montreal Radio for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Um, if you're interested in finding more of Apache Papa's music, you can on SoundCloud, uh, look for Apache Papa, that's P-A-C-H-A, and the second word is P-A-P-A, and, um, on the, uh, you can also check out MunchRadio.co for all previous shows, also on SoundCloud and MunchRadio, and on CATR.ca, the podcasts, uh, for this show also. Uh, thanks for tuning in. See you next week from 5 to 6 p.m. here on CATR. My name, my name is uh, Raghunath K. And it's been a pleasure to be here with you today with Patcha Bapper. And this last track by Goop Stepper from, where is he from? He's from Montreal. From Montreal, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay, take care of yourselves. Next week, bye for now.
to close the seam. Keeper's up by two, serving with Coulter. Right side float serve is wide on the sideline, so Bison side up right away. So far this third set has been a lot more back and forth than we've seen. Sarah Klassen here for the Bisons, a jump float serve. Left side ball to Coulter. Gentile swinging the ball left for Breezeball. She hits in to Dobie. Left side attack for Stuhler in transition. She's blocked by Laniak. So we reach second technical timeout in this third set of play. 16-14, the most competitive scoreline we've seen at the technical timeout all match. Yeah, the Bisons are playing better. I think they've tightened up their defense and they're extending rallies longer. And as long as their passing is is a easier in for the setter, Booker, if she can make sets and vary, vary where she's spreading out the offense, uh, the Bisons definitely have a chance to get back into this match if they can win the set. Yeah, Manitoba's uh, two most prolific outside attackers, Cassidy Pearson and Tori Stidler, uh, had their challenges hitting at the UBC blocking front row, but in this third set, they've made a bit of a breakthrough, able to find some rhythm. Yeah, you just got to keep trying the very where you're hitting. They Obviously, they, they mix in some roll shots and tips. I've seen them looking down the line for their hits. And that's exactly what hit good hitters do. We'll see what the two teams uh, make in terms of adjustments in their timeout huddle at the technical timeout. Uh, the T-Birds will re-emerge with the service ball up next in the hands of Nikola Lanyak. Bison's passing line awaits. The formation of uh, Dobie, Klassen, and Milne in the back row. And a bobbled pass. Uh, Klassen absolutely fooled on the floats here from Laniak. Maybe that time instead of the server being iced, it was the passer. First ace for Laniak in this match. Puts the Thunderbirds up by three. Lanyak the float serve into the Bison's back row. Now the roll shot from Studler dug out by Lanyak. Cross guard hit by Breezeball hitting into Dobie. A high ball. They surrender a free ball back to the T-Birds from the back row. Lost that attack the same place for Breezeball. This time she hits to the line down to the kill. Sean definitely has her go-to hit. She's targeted Breezeball more than any other hitter, I think, this game. Standing float serve from Lanik into Kauk. A setter dump attempted on the second touch by Purvis. That's dug out by the T-Birds. Now Purvis bumps that left side for Stidler. She hits down the sidelines. Dug out by Kaufmanis. A pipe hit down the middle by Coulter and it's down for the kill. That was a tricky little hit from Coulter. She could have pounded it, but instead she saw that there was no one covering the pot in the middle of the court and rolled it down there. 
Sydney Booker back in as the Bison setter. And the Thunderbirds now holding a five-point lead. Booker, a back set ball to the right side to Milne. Laniak with a lunging dig. Hitting from the back row again. Coulter hits into Dobie, but she couldn't get out of her teammates' uh, way for Courtney Kauk to chase the ball. That was a bit unfortunate. Dobie couldn't bring the ball back towards the court. And then she got ran into by her teammate. So T-Birds with a five-point scoring run, still serving with Laniak. Booker to left side ball. Stiller stuffed blocks between Cecil and Chantile. And I can see the Bisons are really emphasizing covering their hits because they have been blocked so much and, and they were in fact all surrounding the hitter, but the block just came straight down. There's no way you can cover that. British Columbia rolling on five straight service points with Nicola Laniak at the line and uh, we've noticed uh, very steadily Danielle Brisebois settling into a groove, hitting her best attack from the left side. Yeah, Brisebois is really looking good this season. She, she knows that she's going to have to be a crucial player for the Thunderbirds. The last season, Lisa Barkley didn't get to play very much, so, so Brisebois does already know what it's like to be the go-to player because between her and Schlagentwite and Coulter, they were, they were the main offense last year, and now Schlagentwite isn't there anymore. So we, they have McTaggart playing. But I definitely, and also we should mention, uh, Alessandra Chantilly had elbow surgery in the off season, so, and she had an ankle injury, so she had to miss part of the preseason. But actually, she's looked in form tonight. I haven't seen any um, really egregious mistakes. I think she's playing well like she usually does. Out of the timeout, Thunderbird still on serve with Lanik, leading by seven. Booker setting in the back row for Klassen, and Klassen hits her attack too low. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the best set from Booker. It really didn't leave Klassen with much, although Klassen could have kept the ball in play. Thunderbird scoring run continues, now seven in a row. Booker sets in the middle from down, a tip shot, double touched by Breezebaugh. Bisons finally snap their slump. Uh, both Brisebois and Sison jumped because they thought there was going to be a setter dump and that, that left the, the middle available. Bison's trail by seven. Serving now with Tori Studler. Setter dumped by Jean Thiele off the pass from Paco. There was three Bison's players diving. Uh, Jean Thiele just forcefully with her left hand made sure that there was not enough time to react on the defensive side. Setter dumps, they're very effective when used sparingly. I, I'd say the setters have to be careful not to overuse them or else the defense will, will start predicting when it's going to happen. Victoria Behe takes over the setter. Jean Thiele serving rotation and hits an ace right away with the float serve. And Coach Ken Bentley used his both of his timeouts early on in the set, so he hasn't been able to call a timeout to try to get the Bisons back in later when, when the Thunderbirds started to pull away. Keepers have nine chances at match point. They'll give away the first one on a missed serve from Bahi. Summing back in, number eight for the Bisons, Angelica Kilberg. 
for the next Thunderbirds side-out point. We'll see how long the Bison can stay alive. Jordana Milne serving here, 16-24. Cease, or pardon me, it's a right side attack. Right away, Breeze Ball makes it count. Kill shot down the sideline. Teamers close out the match, and the two-match sweep for the Bisons. It's fitting that Breeze Ball had the game-winning kill. She was definitely the strongest player for the Thunderbirds in tonight's match. The final scores were 25-21. will need to regroup for their next weekend's match. Yeah, the Bisons uh, still winless after uh, the result of the first two weeks slide to an 0-4 record. Well, the T-Birds win their first uh, homestand series in week two after having week one on a bye, so they improved to 2-0, and they'll move on to their first road trip next week. The Thunderbirds will uh, take on the road to battle the Regina Cougars in Regina next week, uh, October 30th, Friday, and Halloween Saturday. So uh, finally, we'll just wrap up with the play of the match uh, from both teams. And uh, Lenny, who did you think was the most impressive from the Bison side? From the Bison side, there would have to be uh, Tori Studler. She she was, uh, I would say, the most effective offensive player. She had uh, four kills on the match, and she also did have some blocks and digs. I, I think that if she got more opportunities with better passes and more opportunities for Booker to set her, she, she would have had an even better game. And on the Thunderbird side, uh, I think I've already mentioned, but it was definitely Danielle Breezebois. She was demonstrating her athleticism and power with those big hits cross-court. Uh, those were definitely the hardest hits of the game, and the Bisons had no answer, putting up double blocks or whatever they could. And Breezeball just kept on getting sets from Jean Tillet and putting them away. She finished with nine kills on the match, leading the team. So that's our coverage of the women's portion of our live broadcast of Canada West Volleyball here, court set at War Memorial Gym. We'll have the men's matchup coming in next between the Bisons and Thunderbirds at the top of the hour, nearing uh, 7 o'clock local time. Here in Vancouver. In the meantime, for listeners on CITR 101.9 FM, uh, you'll be joined by our CITR sports coordinator, Olamid Olanayan, back at the 101.9 FM studio to get a, a score update from other UBC Thunderbirds team competing on this Saturday evening. And for those of you on CanadaWest.tv, the video live stream, uh, we'll uh, rejoin to start the men's matchup coming up at the top of the hour. This is Jesse Laborde, and you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM.
Hello, Vancouver. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM, coming to you live from unceded Musqueam territory at the University of British Columbia. This is the updated version of Thunderbird Eye. I am your host, Ola, and I'm here to give you just a brief uh, scores of the latest games. Uh, we have the women's soccer team playing against the Trinity Western Spartans, and the goal, the scores right now are 0 0 in the second half of the game at the 62nd minute. Um, yesterday they took on Trinity Western, uh, they took on uh, University of Fraser Valley, uh, Cascades, and defeated them 2-1 with uh, two goals, one by uh, Amrit Barar and second by Jasmine Danda. Uh, Jasmine Danda had six shots and shots and goal were four and she had one goal in the fifty f- in the sixty fifty eight minute. Uh, Dander finally uh, took a goal past the uh, goalkeeper, and in the 54th minute, Amrit Barar, right after she missed the penalty, scored her uh, goal uh, with her uh, sixth goal of the season, uh, giving the Thunderbirds their lead and uh, clinching the T-Birds spot in the playoffs, in the Canada West playoffs. Uh, The game today against Trinity Western will determine who will be first in the season and uh, gives them advantages for uh, how the playoffs are going to go out for them. <coughs> uh, we also have uh, the women's ice hockey team. Uh, they played against uh, Manitoba, just like the volleyball team is doing. Uh, the, but yesterday, even though they won 2-1 against uh, the Manitoba Bisons, they lost 1-4 uh, this time. Uh, yeah, and uh, that should be most of the the latest score so far, uh, we're just going to let you go right back into it. Um, and uh, we're going to play some ads, PSAs, before we go. All right. Bye.
<laughs> we got a theory. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. We know how magnets work. If magic is all we've ever known, then it's easy to miss what really goes on. But I've seen miracles in every way, and I see miracles every Every Thursday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on CITR 101.9 FM, where we bring you the Community Living Show, a full hour is produced by the disabled community, showcasing for BC self-advocates with lots of interesting and fun content, including some interviews from special guests with special needs. Join host Michael, Kelly, and friends every Thursday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on CITR 101.9 FM and streaming online at CITR.ca because you've got a friend in community living and CITR.
right now. We'll listen to the public address for the announcements of the starting Manitoba Bisons. Going to jump float serve cross court and Trenton Leeson watches it go wide. The Thunderbirds new jerseys this year actually have sleeves, which is unusual. Usually men's teams like to have sleeveless jerseys. Milan Nikic after the side out point, left-handed hitting setter. Right side attack for Devin Deer hits the kill on the first chance. De Young here is hit, uh, uh, switched directions after the block by Russell and, and Libero Leeson was caught going the wrong way. Luke Kerr on the Bison service line now at one all. Net court brush on Irvon Braz kills down for the tool kill. And De Young here is insisting to the ref that he didn't touch it. So the ref is having none of that. Takes a service ball as well as the Thunderbirds go in the lead, two to one. 
Jump spin serve right on the baseline. Tag for the ace. Lobero, Strahan, and Falconer just looked at each other. They both thought it was going out. The ace gives the T-Bird the two-point cushion. Another jump spin serve up coming from Brar. This time cross-court corner, too far left. Bison's leading attacker, Adam DeYonker to the service line here. Two serving three. And he flies his service ball too long. It's two serves that the Bisons have directed at Felison and two serves that they've hit out. So the exchange of service errors sends Alex Russell to the line at four serving two. Floats here down the left side to DeYonker and they Big attack out of the middle, flocked back against Krellen. There's a right side tip shot dug out against Deer. Right side attack in transition. McNichol soft block back to the T-Birds. Nick hits sets in the middle this time. And then Joel Regeer hits a cross-court kill. And Joel Regeer had a, a sideways uh, hitting motion with his arm. He was looking to go cross-court all the way. T-Birds up by three. Still serving with Alex Russell. Jump float serve down the middle to Strachan. And a high leaping kill shot out of Josh Cullen, the middle blocker for Manitoba. That was a valiant effort by Russell, but that's why we have liberos. <laughs> Cullen takes the service ball for the U of M. Three serving five. Jump float serve cross court to Ireland. Nickich, a back set ball for McNichol. Hits on the cross court angle. The Bisons get a partial block. And the attack in transition to Yonkier, blocked by the T-Birds. Uh, there were some rumblings from the UBC bench after Devon Deer's uh, set had a lot of spin on the ball, and usually that causes the opposing teams to cry out for a double touch. T-Birds side out with a three-point lead, serving with McNichol. Spin served down the right side to Falconer. Falconer gets the attacking ball, a tip shot on the left side. Overbump from the T-Birds dig and Falconer hits it off a tool kill. Mac McNichol wearing his new number 20 after wearing eight last season. He just had a bit too much on that pass. Devon Deer to the Bison service line, four serving six. Nikic sets in the middle for Rigier. Blocked back, played by Ireland. He gets the next attack though. Blocked in the same place by the Bison. Second chance to attack, Ireland blocked again. Attack in the middle, Regeer soft roll shot blocked right to him. Joustered the ball, touched back by Ireland. A diving effort by the Bisons. Devon Deer to no avail. Bisons uh, lose a long rally. Urban Barr's high ball set to Ireland was too tight, and Luke Hare was looking for the party ball. And, and right before he was about to hit it, Ireland poked it out of his reach. Ireland to the service line with a three-point lead. High hand set to the left side. Falconer hits a hard ball right into Ireland, and it's uh, out of bounds on the Bison side of the floor. I think to absorb the force of that here, Ireland would have had to somersault backwards. The Bison's captain, Kevin Falconer, to the service line. Trailing by two, five serving seven. Right hand toss to a spin serve. And too tough for Trenton Leeson to handle down to the ace. Trenton Leeson, the rookie libero recruited by Richard Schick, 
from Edmonton, Alberta, has probably the biggest shoes on the team to fill, filling after uh, Ian Perry graduated last year. Bison's within one and another ace this time. Falconer tags the baseline as a hard spinner. Ian Perry graduated following in another prolific Liberals footsteps, Blair Ban, who went on to play for the national team. And Perry finished second all-time in the Canada West behind Ban with over 1,100 digs. So back-to-back -back aces from Falconer ties the score at seven all. Nick Hitch, a back set ball from McNichol, hammer down right into Falconer, and the ricochet ball takes out the scoreboard as well on the scorer's table. And that was a nice pass from Leeson. I imagine he still has some nerves after all this being some of his first CIS action. A ton of pressure for a rookie to be starting right away in the CIS. Joel Regeer to the T-Bird service line with a one-point lead. Attack out of the middle for Rooney, hits a soft block to the T-Birds. Rar talking about them on the left side, dug out by Deer. Deer gets the attacking ball in transition, cross court down for the kill. Uh, that was a nice set from Hare to Deer. And Russell and Brar were moving the wrong way. They didn't expect the set to go there. Le left a lot of open room for the hit. Ken Rooney starts the second rotation of service at eight, serving eight. Left side ball for Brar gets some nice air underneath the leap and hits a cross court kill. And that's classic Irvin Brar. He's got crazy hops and he demonstrated that. Keepers take the lead with the side out at nine, serving eight, and the ball in the hands of Milan Nikic. Left-handed spin serve. The Yonk here makes the pass and the attack gets the crisp kill down the line. And crisp indeed. Nikic had to duck out of the way of that one or else the ball would have went straight at his head. Nine all. And an awkward uh, kind of <laughs> chicken wing attack from Alex Russell wipes off the Bison's block for the kill. Nikic was right in the middle of the court, almost directly behind Russell. Uh, so uh, that takes practice for a middle and setter to be on the same page like that. T-Bears take the lead on the side out again at 10 serving nine. Irvon Brar hammer down the spin serve. Solid pass by Strachan, but the T-Bears double block the Bison's on the right side. Oh, well, uh, with uh, Mac McNichol and Alex Russell, that's a really big wall to hit through, and uh, their whole forearms are over the net. Pretty much nowhere for Deer to hit. T-Bears lead by two. Rar jumps spin serve across to De Jong here. Gets the ball set back in with an attack, and he knocks down over and brought the kill shot. The Yonk here takes the service ball as well, shown just by one. And attack for the left side of the team is blocked at the net by Cullen. Uh, just a bit of an overpass from Jared Ireland, who is now in a starting position. The last season he was back up to Ben Chow for first half of the season. Service ball missed from De Jong here to surrender a side out and the lead 12 to 11. Uh, but Ben Chow, of course he graduated last year. He ran into some injury problems later on in the season. So Jared Ireland was already starting in the second half of the season. So he definitely knows what that's like. Alex Russell's float served on the left side to De Jong here. Collins sets a left side attack. Falconer hits a tool kill. It was actually a pretty solid block 
firmer gear, but the ball just went off the edge of his hand and so much spin that it carried all the way out on the other side of the court. 12-12, service ball across from Crowlin. Nick Hitch sets the ball, hop high, left side attack, hit for the kill by Ireland. Well, that was just a purely amazing set from Nikic, completely off balance in the air, his, his hands outside of his body and just pushed the ball all the way over to Ireland. That takes so much skill. T-Birds take the lead, 13-12, service ball from McNichol into the net to surrender the side out right back. Nikic is in his fifth year, his last year of eligibility, so he has high hopes for the season as as is Russell, he's graduating as well. Devon Deere to the Bison service line at 13 all. At the net, Luke Kerr sets a middle attack for Rooney. He knocks down Trenton Leeson with the attacking ball and the referee awards Bison the point. Bison's in the lead on that service point at 14-13. Nick hits, sets the ball left side for Ireland, cross-court attacking ball, hits De Jong here. Right side attack in transition, Deers blocked at the net by Ireland. But gets the tool kill. Yeah, least. the block actually went out. Ireland was there, but he wasn't able to turn his hands inward. Back-to-back -back service points for the U of M to lead by two. Ireland makes the pass to Nick Hitch. Back set ball, attack down the pipe for Brar. The dig crosses the net back to Brar. And the assistant referee awards the Thunderbirds the points. Uh, Brar pounded that ball, but it clipped the net. That actually turned out to be fortunate. It caught the Bisons off guard. Side out from British Columbia. They trail by one. Jared Ireland, a right hand spin serve, another serve uh, wasted from the T-Bird side, that's two in a row. That takes us to the technical timeout. Bison's up to 16-14. Yeah, at the service line, we quite see clearly the Thunderbirds have been taking the riskier spin serves. Uh, both teams have some spin serves. But the T-Birds seem to be the ones who are really trying to hit aggressive places, but uh, they've missed twice just recently in the last uh, five points. Uh, Irvin Brar's spin serve toss almost grazes the ceiling every time. They've got the highest toss that I've seen. Uh, we should recap yesterday's game quickly. Uh, it was the first uh, Canada West League game of the season for UBC, them having the bye week in the first game, in the first week, pardon me. And, uh, it was 25-22 uh, first for uh, UBC and then 24-26, 25-22, 20-25 and then in the fifth set uh, it was a really tight back and forth until there was just uh, one uh, one play at the right at the end that uh, the Bisons managed to stay on their serve. They, they kept siding out up until the end of the fifth set and the Bisons won 15-13 to put them to 3-0 on the season. So they're ranked they came into the matchup ranked fifth in the CIS, and the, uh, the Thunderbirds ranked sixth. So this is obviously, as the score yesterday indicated, a quite tight matchup. Out of the timeout, Kevin Falconer to the service line. His spin serve just misses the baseline. Well, so far I can tell that uh, rookie libero Trenton Leeson has a sharp eye. He's already uh, let three balls correctly go out on the surface receive. Uh, that is an important skill. T-Birds trail just by one. Luther back sets the ball to Deer. He's so low, 
big block from Urban Barr. Just he knew that Russell wasn't coming over, so he made his arms as big as he could. When I mentioned previously how high Urban Barr can jump, I I'm not, I don't know what his vertical is, but uh, I'm sure it's somewhere maybe in the high 30s. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if he can jump high enough to dunk a ball easily. Shoulder gears foot serve is wide right on the cross court angle, so the T-Bears have lost their serve three times in a row on missed serves. Ken Rooney to the U of M service line with a one-point lead. Float serve on the cross court angle to Leeson. Nickett sets her broad to the left side. Tool kill off the Bison's block. Felon uh, and Hare were both blocking and they were just drifting to the outside. They, they didn't jump straight up and Brar hit it off the, the fingertips. He knew that they wouldn't be able to press block. 17 all after the Thunderbirds side out. Luke here, Sessival to Yonker after Yonker made the pass, soft block back to him. Second chance to Dahaki, hits off of Rob, Irvin Brar's head and it's down for the kill. Now Irvin Brar looked like he was actually trying to play that with his head. It didn't, it didn't look like it was an accident, but you know, maybe a little more practice on the soccer pitch and he'll get the next one. Nikish sets the high ball to Russell. It missed him, but the Bisons only tip it back to the Tevers. First chance to attack of Brar, hitting down the sideline, and the referee stopped the point on technicality. A nice pickup from Nikish covering his own set. Just got it right before it touched the floor. Quick reflexes to keep the rally going. And jump spin serve uh, missed it way too far. Well, with a high toss like that, it's high risk and high reward. He gets more velocity when he hits it, but it's also harder to control. The Yonker serving to the Bisons with the one-point lead, but Ireland gets the set up right away on the left side kill. Good execution from Ireland, seeing a gap down the line. Service line here with Alex Russell at 19 all the soft float serve to Falconer. A bump sent her back to Falconer, and couldn't quite control the block. Uh, McNichol was there, but just angled it too wide. Uh, Falconer didn't give much of a, a very good pass, but uh, Hare decided to set it back to him, and uh, UBC's block could have been just a bit more All tight. right, UBC 101.9 FM. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to interrupt this uh, this. Uh, volleyball game here to start my broadcast um, very close game uh, UBC in Manitoba and you can catch this on what's the website Canada West dot TV and um, yeah so we're gonna get into it stay tuned
canned ham, and I put it in a pot of boiling water, and guess what I'm calling it? Soup? Hot ham water. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver, Nourishing Radio. Mm. So watery, and yet there's a smack of ham to it. Damn, baby got it all. Make me wanna call like six in the morning. Fuck the other fishes, cause I hit her with the net. Had her open like the ocean, she was wet, straight soaking on the boat. Then we got close, like smoke in the lungs. When I hit it, I was done. Had me coming back with mo. Something in her eyes let me know. But it's still something missing, like her mind being gone. Off prescriptions when she visit, always gotta leave suddenly. Wondering how could it be? Thought I caught a queen in the seat with the reef. Now she telling me she gotta go. Close the seat, leave my soul exposed. The whole time she was tripping about to overdose. Baby, slow the road before you end up like a troll. Under the bridge, holding spirits close. Without love, like you need some more. Cigarette, blowing in the wind on the memorex. Sending new nuts to the hives and the matrix where they live. I heard she got some lack. Still, she make trick for a weight to the back. But still, I think about the past, like how did times get so black? I guess we couldn't find a light switch. Now the time zone's different. But why does time still hold the image like? Standing at the finish line Like holding a watch your pops gave you Even when it stopped ticking Still take it out the box Girl Walk around the park with it Cold nights with no art She on her feet looking at the stars On the street like a parked car
one from uh, Jeremiah J. Um, actually, Slime featuring Jeremiah J. on CITR 101.9 FM. Um, happy pre-Halloween weekend out there. Um, I came in to do the show. Second show. Uh, second 7 p.m. time of Not on the List tonight. And uh, kind of got a Halloween theme going. Um, and sorry to interrupt the volleyball game. Um, but I think we had a fill-in volleyball game broadcast going but this is not on the list CITR 101.9 FM this one's from Caravan Palace new one called Midnight check it out to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory 
of the Hunkamenum speaking Musqueam people. CITR presents The Internet, a modern soul collective straight out of LA, featuring Sid the Kid and Matt Martians. 
Catch them Saturday, October 31st at the Alexander Gastown. Tickets available at Red Cat, Zulu, Beat Street, Dipped, and TimmerConcerts.com. The Nightmare Shark. The Master Monster. Row upon row of flesh-tearing teeth. Gobbler of gullible bathers at beaches. Cruelest of killers. A fearless bully, for he has none to fear. Anything which stirs the imagination, he flees as a plague. He is very thin and gray and wrinkled, but there are those who declare he is not so old as he looks. Fear has its grisly claws upon him, and a sound will make him start with staring eyes and sweat-beaded forehead. Friends and companions he shuns, for he wishes to answer no questions. Those who knew him once as scholar say it is very pitiful to see him now. No one 
feel sure whether he left the country or merely sank from sight in some hidden byway. It is a decade now since he's moved to Gray's Inn, and where he had been, he would say nothing till the night young Williams brought the Necronomicon. Williams was a dreamer, and only twenty-three, and when he moved into the ancient house, he felt a strangeness and breath of cosmic wind about the gray, wizened man in the next room. He forced his friendship where old friends dared not force theirs, and marveled at the fright that sat upon this gaunt, haggard watcher and listener. For that the man always watched and listened, no one could doubt. He watched and listened with his mind more than with his eyes and ears, and strove every moment to drown something in his ceaseless pouring over gay insipid novels. And when the church bells rang, he would stop his ears and scream, and the gray cat that dwelt with him would howl in unison till the last peal died reverently away. But try as Williams would, he could not make his neighbor speak of anything profound or hidden. The old man would not live up to his aspect and manner, but would feign a smile and a light tone and prattle feverishly and frantically of cheerful trifles, his voice every moment rising and thickening till at last it would split into a piping, incoherent falsetto. That his learning was deep and thorough, his most trivial remarks made abundantly clear, and Williams was not surprised to hear that he had been to Harrow and Oxford. Later it developed that he was none other than Lord Northam, whose ancient hereditary castle on the Yorkshire coast. So many odd things were told, but when Williams tried to talk of the castle and of its reputed Roman origin, he refused to admit that there was anything unusual about it. He even tittered shrilly when the subject of the supposed undercrypts hewn out of the solid crag that frowns on the North Sea was brought up. So matters went till that night when Williams brought home the infamous Necronomicon of the mad Arab Abdullah's Herod. He had known of the dreaded volume since his sixteenth year when his dawning love of the bazaar had led him to ask queer questions of a bent old bookseller on Shanda Street, and he always wondered why men paled when they spoke of it. The old bookseller had told him that only five copies were known to have survived the shocked edicts of the priests and lawgivers against it, and that all of these were locked up with frightened care by custodians who had ventured to begin a reading of the hateful black letter. But now, at last, he had not only found an accessible copy, but had made it his own at a ludicrously low figure. It was at a Jew's shop in the squalid precincts of Clare Market where he had often bought strange things before, and he almost fancied the gnarled old Levite smiled amidst tangles of beard as the grey discovery was made. The bulky leather cover with the brass clasp had been so prominently visible, and the price was so absurdly slight. The one glimpse he had of the title was enough to send him into transports, 
and some of the diagrams set in the vague Latin text excited the tensest and most disquieting recollections in his brain. He felt it was highly necessary to get the ponderous thing home and begin deciphering it, and bore it out of the shop with such a precipitate haste that the old Jew chuckled disturbingly behind him. But when at last it was safe in his room, he found the combination of black letter and debased idiom too much for his powers as a linguist, and reluctantly called on a strange, frightened friend for help with the twisted medieval Latin. Lord Northam was simpering inanities to his streaked cat, and started violently when the young man entered. Then he saw the volume and shuddered wildly, and fainted altogether when Williams uttered the title. It was when his regained senses came that he told his story, told of his fantastic figment of madness in frantic whispers, lest his friend be not quick to burn the accursed book and give wide scattering to its ashes. There, Lord Northam whispered, have been something wrong at the start, but it would never have come to a head if you have not explored it too far. He was the nineteenth baron of a line whose beginnings went uncomfortably far back into the past, unbelievably far, if vague tradition could be heeded, for there were family tales of a descent from pre-Saxon times when a certain Gnaeus Gabinus Capito military tribune in the Third Augustan Legion, then stationed at Lindum in Roman Britain, had been summarily expelled from his command for participation in certain rites unconnected with any known religion. Gabinius had, the rumor ran, come upon a cliffside cavern where strange folk met together and made the elder sign in the dark strange folk whom the Britons knew not save in fear, and were the last to survive from a great land in the west that had sunk, leaving only the islands with wraths and circles and shrines of which Stonehenge was the greatest. There was no certainty, of course, in the legend that Gabinus had built an impregnable fortress over the forbidden cave and founded a line which Pinked and Saxton Dane and Norman were powerless to obliterate, or in the tact assumption that from this line sprang the bold companion and lieutenant of the Black Prince, whom Edward III created Baron of Northam. These things were not certain, yet they were often told, and in truth the stonework of Northam Keep did look alarmingly like the masonry of Hadrian's Wall. As a child, Lord Northam had a peculiar dream when he was sleeping in the older part of the castle, and he had acquired a constant habit of looking back through his memory for half-amorphous scenes and patterns and impressions which formed no part of his waking experience. He became a dreamer who found life tame and unsatisfying, a searcher for strange realms and relationships once familiar yet lying nowhere in the visible regions of Earth. 
Filled with a feeling that our tangible world is only an atom in a fabric vast and ominous, and that unknown denseness press on and permeate the sphere of the known at every point. Northam and youth and young manhood drained in the turn the founts of formal religion and occult mystery. Nowhere, however, he could find ease and content. As he grew older, the staleness and limitations of life became more and more maddening to him. During the 90s, he dabbled in Satanism. And at all times, he devoured avidly any doctrine or theory which seemed to promise escape from the close vistas of science and the dully unvarying laws of nature. Books like Ignatius Donnelly's chimerical account of Atlantis he absorbed with zest, and a dozen obscure precursors of Charles Fort enthralled him with their vagaries. He would travel leagues to follow up a furtive village tale of abnormal wonder. He once went into the desert to Werribee to seek a nameless city of faint report which no man has ever beheld. There rose within him the tantalizing faith that somewhere an easy gate existed, which, if no one found, would admit him freely to those outer deeps whose echoes rattered so dimly at the black of his memory. It might be in the visible world, yet it might be only in his mind and soul. Perhaps he held within his own half-explored brain that cryptic link which would awaken him to elder and future lives in forgotten dimensions, which would bind him to the stars and to the infinities and eternities beyond them. Are they all dead? Yes, ma'am. Two of my men pulled you out of the lake. We thought you were dead, too. Do you remember very much? Yeah, blood drips from the scene. Stench blows heavy like an elephant in heat. Swing on machete, hit directly to your meat. Swamp things stay forever. This is strictly for my G's. Chest thumping, special vest tucked in. Protect your neck or be next to get lumped in. Eight bombs, tree tall, climb a fucking limb. Angels in the background, sing a dusty hymn. War faces locked behind cages, but not to spray. Gods occupy razors. No match for a brolic boss. Wine from the spooky cellar got it polished off. Whose house, swamp's house, and it's haunted. Exorcist, get the booze out if you want it. Monsters under beds, God is dead. Bright lights up ahead, honest dance. Said the price on his head was a bargain. Plant seats six feet deep in the garden. Postpartum to dearly departed. Music to see whose ears bleed the hardest. Darkness came for the light. Peter Project, dragon chains in the night. Swamp thing, painful the light. So deranged on yeah. the mic, we endanger your uh, life. Lake Erie, Lake, Lake Erie. Making crazy mistakes, you'll pay dearly. Lake Erie, Lake, Lake Erie. Can't fear Steve, you think you pay dearly. Lake Erie, Lake, Lake Erie. Making crazy mistakes, you'll pay dearly. Lake Erie, Lake, Lake Erie. Can't fear Steve, you think you pay dearly. Yeah. 
smoke tantrums, fam, like Charles Manson. We Disneyland glamping at the haunted mansion, Pantera on the boombox, speak forgotten languages. Mango like a langolier, provocative. We handle it. Rappers make me laugh, act like I'm a pacifist. Actually, the aftermath is like a slasher flick. Black abyss is deep as Grand Canyons is. Mysticism, Tim's arisen, wrapped in bandages. My fans all abandon hope, phantom with the can of coke. Cock make the planet ghost, grocers in the Bolokov. You know the God, perfectionist, annihilist. Can lead the contradictions like Christian scientists. In my own blood, I wrote a letter to the father, explaining my best of intentions for his daughter. Stood by the shore, threw the message in the bottle, then knelt down and kissed my reflection in the water. Draped in a robe that I made in a cold basement, where I hold straight babes in a hole. Bathed in the glow, I sashayed from the cove and played with the ghosts in a maze made of bones. Hoes, pickaxes and shovels were strewn in the forest with patches of rubble. I'll wait in the gloom because my praise coming soon. Hello, Mr. Al, please say something. Lake Erie, Lake, Lake Erie, making crazy mistakes, you'll pay dearly. Lake Erie, Lake, Lake Erie, Kate Fierce Steve, you think you pay dearly. Lake Erie, Lake, Lake Erie, making crazy mistakes, you'll pay dearly. Lake Erie, Lake, Lake Erie, Kate Fierce Steve. Even Satan, God of Darkness, listens to CITR on 101.9 FM.
like friends. Well, we like you. So become a member and get a Friends of CITR card. Not only does it make you special, it gets you all kinds of deals with our friends downtown, like 10% off at Bang On T-shirts, Beat Street Records, Studio Records, Community Thrift and Vintage, The Fall Tattooing, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more, or come check us out in the nest.
moi chez mon producteur. We like to party, right? Ça me fera vraiment Guys like très, him, très they don't like to party. Like we do. You know, we're having a lot of fun. Yeah, we like to party. Technology is driving in this new world. Off from the second chapter, the continuation is advanced. I'm in the area with no time for descending. My altitude is high with the antennas. Within myself, the mental navigation make it easy to tell. Even if the course is slightly tilted, navigation is there. I find my way floating in the atmosphere. My best padded, the words carry like combat spears. Another destination is near. The focus points with clear vision. Over time, war competition, another way around the orbit. The more places I get, get out the capsule and start evaluating. in the hole of a house, but rerouted the pie face, hit three points like Steve Stout did, a new period as if the sentence in it hasn't left my mouth yet, teeth rock the gold, story was told, he never got old, brand new like he ran through the fountain of youth, and cute like an angle out of squint, technology is driving this new track tragic so give me the keys and watch me crash it no test dummies and it's a rap for these niggas they the best mummies i'm caliente ever since they say i've been cray i'm blacker than the belt on your sensei and it's a one-way downtown street sound found in the heart of the hood the goon anthem pink panther cancer color first smothers brothers others hover my drone game is undiscovered 